0: Well, if you like that song, I think it's a little catchy myself. If you like it, we're about to sing it here in just a minute. So welcome, everybody. So glad you're here for worship today. Uh, those who are worshiping online, those of you who are here in person, my name is Aaron Rosenau, one of the pastors here at Faith. So good to, uh, to join you on this Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, we are, we're here to, to celebrate the Lord and all that he's done for us, and he has given us abundantly, hasn't he? And especially faith and hope. We're, um, we're finishing off a sermon series we've been in all fall since uh, just, just after Labor Day weekend. We've been in the series called Hall of Faith, and we're concluding that this weekend talking about the faith of the church. We've been looking at men and women uh, of the Bible, and now what does God call us to as the church? And that is to faith and looking forward to the destination which he has prepared for us in glory. So uh, a couple announcements before we get started. Uh, first of all, Advent is coming. Now this, it's a whole new season, and not, not this weekend, but um, next weekend we'll be starting with, um, with Advent. And then that means that on the Wednesdays of Advent, we add services, We're actually on Tuesday mornings at 11 o'clock, and then uh, Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m., we have Advent midweek services. Those are over at our Faith Ministry Center, and you are most welcome to join us. So not this coming Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, which is December 6th, we'll start with our midweek Advent services. And before the service on Wednesday evening at 530, we'll have a time of fellowship and meal. So there'll be meals available if you'd like to join us for that, and just, just enjoy some fellowship before we join together in worship on Wednesday evenings, starting not this week, but the following, and then um, not this weekend, but next weekend, we're going to start with uh, three a series of three forums. You don't need to go to all three of them, but just one. Really, highly encourage you to be at one of those forums because we're celebrating our 75th anniversary this year. And at our 75th anniversary celebration coming up in February, we're going to invite our entire congregation to give uh, a special pledge over the next three years to help us launch into the next 75 years of ministry. Uh, That is uh, helping us to fix up a few things that are in need, you know, capital improvement-wise, parking lots and roofs and uh, flooring and things like that at our two ministry centers, and uh, launching into the next 75 with a ministry master plan and all that. So there's a bunch that's going on with that, and we'd love to tell you about it and hear your questions, answer your questions and so the first of those forums is next Sunday, and then there will be on December 3rd, 4th, and 9th. So two weeks from now, here at our Celebrations Ministry Center, we'll have on December 9th, the third of our forums. And um, so there's more information in your bulletin announcements about that. Just uh, take note about those forums. Really, again, highly encourage you to be at one of them if your schedule at all allows you to. That's on a Sunday, on a Monday, and on a Saturday. So... That's the announcements I have. Before we begin with worship and this song, Praise, which I just mentioned, um, I'm gonna have you stand up. I'm gonna have you turn around to those who are around you and worship and greet one another in the peace and the love of the Lord.
1: All right, let's stay standing as we um, worship the Lord with the song praise How
2: reaching through the storm
1: forsakes us, never leaves us, is always constant and never fails. But we as sinners do. We fail each and every day and sometimes we choose to abuse God's grace. Even though we know the day is coming when we will stand before the throne and remember what we did on earth, we still choose to sin. Why? do we choose to abuse God's grace? Why are we not more prepared? Some of us may not even know why we choose to sin and why we choose to abuse God's grace. And that is why we turn to the Father, to ask him to not only forgive our sins, but also to reveal our sins. So let's do so now in some silent confession to the Lord.
0: We sang this line in this song just now, every step, every breath you are there. That sounds like good news and it can also be some really hard news that God knows every single breath. He knows everything, every single thought, everything that we've done or said. And that could be really a scary thought, right? Because he knows even when we've done those things, which we shouldn't, when we thought the impure and greedy and selfish things. And yet God in his amazing grace, though he knows it all, still shows mercy. And God shows knowing it all, chose to send his son for you. So you'd be forgiven, set free, made new. He gave the perfection and righteousness of Jesus to you as a gift. That really is the centerpiece of our Christian faith, isn't it? We're not right with God because of what we've done, but because it's been given to us by Jesus. It's my privilege as one of your pastors to remind you, to assure you once again of God's amazing grace for you and Jesus. Say you are forgiven. Be seated as we sing this next song. But he so love that song. Hey, let's have the kids come up. All the children of God. Yeah. I mean, the little children of God. You could all come up here, but let's have the kids come up here. Yeah, come on up. There are a few of you out there I know. I see you. Come on up. There are others who just don't want to come up tonight. Hey, yeah, come on up. That's all right. So, we just celebrated a holiday, didn't we? What holiday did we just celebrate? When you give nummy food, that's right. What is that called? Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so, after Thanksgiving, what is the next holiday we get to celebrate? Christmas. That is right. Christmas. Christmas. Are you excited about Christmas? Yes, I'm excited about Christmas. Why are you excited about Christmas? There's sledding, yeah, what else? There's snow on the ground, yeah, what else? Presents, yeah, singing, yeah, lots of great things about Christmas. But you know the best thing about Christmas, the absolute best thing about Christmas Oh, even better than opening presents. You wanna know what's even better than opening presents? Jesus, Jesus, we celebrate Jesus because he came here to this earth and he came as our savior and we celebrate that he came at Bethlehem and that is something really, really great to celebrate, don't we think? Oh, what about all you? I mean, all the children of God can answer this. Yes, great thing to celebrate at Christmas, Jesus coming. But I'll tell you what, You wanna know what else I'm excited about? I'm excited because Jesus has promised that he's coming again. Yeah, he's coming back. Now, do you see Jesus right now? No, I, I don't either. You don't see Jesus here, but he's promised that he's gonna come back. And when he comes back, we are going to see him with our own eyes. Not just know that he's here. We know that he's here. Our faith tells us that he's here with us even when we don't see him. But when he comes back, we're gonna get to see him with our eyes and he'll restore everything the way that's supposed to be and there'll be no more tears, no more crying, no more dying, no more people hurting each other, no more lack of food, no uh, shortage of presents. Not there's going to be. It's going to be amazing. He's promised to come again. So as we're finishing off this this year and right before Christmas, we're remembering that Jesus has promised to come again. And as the people of God, all the children of God, we get excited. Anybody when they um, anyone do you, do you want to pray? before a meal, do you ever say, come Lord Jesus, be our guest? Do You ever say that? Come Lord Jesus, be our guest? Yeah. Well, not just for an invitation for Jesus to join us at our meals, we can invite Jesus to come back because we're excited that he, was become, that he would come back. And the very, very end of the Bible, the church, the church of Jesus says, yes, amen, come Lord Jesus, because we want to see him again. So, will you pray with me? Pull your hands, let's pray. Thank you so much, Jesus, for the great anticipation of Christmas and your coming at Bethlehem and coming to be our savior to die for us and to rise again. We also thank you not just for this coming Christmas, but we thank you for the promise of your second coming, that you're gonna come back and we cannot wait to see you with our eyes. We so want to see you, Lord. So come Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, thank you so much for coming up. All right, you can go back to your seats now. And we're gonna turn to the word of God in that book of Revelation, the very last book of the Bible, Revelation chapters 21 and 22. This is a vision that St. John had and uh, we read starting at chapter 21 verse one. Then I saw a new heaven It is done. I am the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to everyone according to what he has done." I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the, tree of, the life, tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magical arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, come, and let him who hears say, come. Whoever is thirsty, let him come, and whoever wishes, let him take the free gift of the water of life. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon, amen, come Lord Jesus, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people, amen. Now for the reading of the gospel, I invite you to stand as we hear from Jesus. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, no one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the son, but only the father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the son of man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in a field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill, one will be taken is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time. It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will be put in charge of all his possessions. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Anyone here like to travel? Oh, several of you. Yeah, good. Um, like go to nice, fun places. Anyone been to someplace? Raise your hand. You've been like, like to travel someplace you've been that's really fun? Switzerland. Ooh, fun. Yeah. Someone else who loves to travel. Where have you been? Algeria. Ooh, that's very exotic. Yes. Who else? Iceland. Very nice. Where have you been? East Central Europe, in the Holy Land, yeah, actually been there. Where have you been? Washington D.C., yeah. So, so uh, I, I got to be honest. You know, all, I, more hands than I thought went up and said, "I love to travel." Um, personally, not exactly a fan of traveling. I'll be honest with you. I mean, I like the destinations. Love the destinations, I just don't care for the getting there part. (laughs) You know, part of it is that I'm just impatient and I like to get to the results, not the process in between, if you know what I mean, right? And part of it is I'm six foot four and most of that leg. So, you know, when I... Being in a tight space over a long period of time just does not suit me very well. I've been to Israel four times. I've been to Africa twice. I've been to Turkey and Thailand once each. Um, Any of those flights, the shortest of all those was eight hours in one plane. The worst was 13 hours from the United States to Tokyo, Japan, and then another, right away I got in another plane, seven more hours from Tokyo to Bangkok, Thailand. It was brutal. Um, you have to understand that when I sit in an airplane seat, even with my backside all the way against the back of the seat, my knees hit the back of the seat in front of me. So there's not a whole lot of maneuvering and unless I'm gonna invade someone else's space on either side or put my legs out in the aisle, which is not good because then people kick it, uh, kick my feet along as they're walking down the aisle. Um, it, I'll be honest, <laughs> I, I, I watch a movie, maybe two movies, and then it's a nightmare from there. It's, just, it's like I get through two movies and I'm not even halfway through the flight, right? I hate it but I still go on trips like that because the destination is so amazing. I mean, I'm planning a trip in June to the Holy Land, God willing, if things settle down there by then. Why am I still willing to go? Because the destination is worth what it takes to get there. Anybody agree? It's like why you love to travel? Don't love the traveling part, but getting there is pretty amazing and seeing those destinations. I mean, standing on the Mount of Olives, looking over the old city of Jerusalem or riding a boat on the Sea of Galilee, uh, visiting Bethlehem, Nazareth, Jericho, exploring the city of Capernaum where Jesus did most of his earthly ministry. Amazing, so incredible that it, it makes the discomfort of traveling worth it. The destination transforms the journey. Now, what I'm told is that it's actually the same in the process of childbirth, that pain of labor is made bearable because the result of the labor is that you're holding this incredible miracle child in your arms afterwards. In fact, in birthing classes, at least when my wife and I were going through that 20 years ago, women are encouraged to bring some kind of an object with them. It could be an ultrasound picture of their child. It could be a stuffed animal. Something that reminds them of the end. Right? Focus on the end so you can endure the pain in between. It's kind of like this with our earthly life, too. The journey journey of life can be hard, painful, very uncomfortable, sometimes brutally so, sometimes unbearable. But we have this amazingly glorious and incomparably great destination that is promised to us by our Lord. As Paul says in Romans chapter eight, he says, I consider that our present sufferings are not even worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. The destination just transforms the journey and the suffering at this time. Second Corinthians chapter four, Paul calls the pain of this life light and momentary. He says our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So Revelation 21, which we just heard, the apostle John, Is given this amazing privilege of seeing the preview of that eternal glory. And he says, I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. So we're finishing up, as I mentioned at the beginning of worship, our series called Hall of Faith. And we've been looking at women and men of the Bible who walked with God by faith and they trusted what they could not see. There are Bibles that are on the chairs around you. You can have your own Bible if you like, but there's chairs, uh, Bibles on the chairs. If you wanna turn to page 1212, 1212. Hebrews 11. The whole series, we've been talking about this. I and mean, I've even had you memorize this, right? It's a little bit different Uh, wording in the Bibles that are on the chairs, but this is how we memorize it, right? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain about what we do not see. That's Hebrews 11, verse one. Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And then the writer of Hebrews goes on and he says, this is what the ancients were commended for. Now, if you skip down a few verses to verse eight, we talked about this man several weeks ago, Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place that he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. So he went to this land, God said, go to this place, sight unseen, and he went anyway, right? God called him there and he went. Now, not just Abraham, but others as well. And the writer of Hebrews goes on to talk about all of these people of the Old Testament time when they're walking by faith. You know, a lot of times we um, we think of uh, we think about the land of Israel being promised to the Jewish people because that's what God promised that land to Abraham and his descendants after him. That's the Jewish people. But even Abraham understood that the land that Israel now occupies was really not the real promise. The promise was for something bigger. He says, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. Skips skip to the next, next verse. Instead, they were longing for a better country a heavenly one. They weren't looking for the land so much as they were looking for something more yet to come. And we as God's people are still looking for that. So the writer of Hebrews is talking about all these people of the Old Testament who had lived by faith in things unseen, longing for something even better yet to come. And then in essence, he he really turns to you and me, right? He turns to you and me and he says, This is Hebrews 12, verse one. So skip ahead to Hebrews 12, verse one, page 12, 13. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. So he's talking about the journey here, right? The journey that's not always pleasant, but he said we can run this race with perseverance. How do we run with perseverance when things are really hard in this life, when things are uncomfortable, when the trip gets long and it's sometimes brutal? How do we run with perseverance? Verse two is fixing our eyes on Jesus. That's how. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then he says, Consider him who endured such opposition from from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. There's a destination in front of us, just like Jesus had the joy on the other side of the cross in mind that allowed him to endure the cross, scorning its shame. So the writer of Hebrews says, we have a joy set before us and consider exactly what Jesus did, enduring the cross, so that you might not grow weary and lose heart. In the journey, the destination is, will transform the days between here and when Jesus comes again. Now, Jesus promised that all the trouble here will end. Jesus, many times in his ministry, pointed people to the last day. He said, I will raise you up at the last day. Yeah, death will grip you now, but I'll raise you up at the last day. And for all those who believe in him, Jesus says, I am going to prepare a place for you, and I will come back so that you also may be where I am. Jesus opened that way for us by the cross. We don't in any way deserve to be in God's presence, but God has opened that up by the death of his son. Forgiving our sins, giving us new life, making us new and opening the way to that last day where, you know, when he comes, I I wasn't even planning on saying this, but I remember, and maybe some of you heard me say this before, I remember being in eighth grade confirmation class their pastor was teaching, and right before the pastor came in, one of, the, one of the guys in my class said something about like Nostradamus or something, predicted that the end of the world was coming that night. And I spent that whole night, in the, the whole hour and a half that we had for confirmation class that night, sweating bullets. Like I was not in any way ready for Jesus to come. And I thought, if he comes now... You know, I, I'm I'm doomed, and, and for a long time in my life, I was like, if, when Jesus comes back. You know, we call it Judgment Day, and so that's something to be afraid of. God, when God comes back, when we see His glory, that's a that's a threatening thing, because God is a consuming fire. No one can look at God and live. And I'm thinking, uh oh. Isaiah chapter six, Isaiah sees God high and exalted and he says, woe to me, I'm ruined because I've seen the Lord God Almighty. That's how I was feeling, like I'm sweating, afraid of Jesus coming. Then I came to realize for all those who are in faith in Christ, all all of us who believe in the son of God, Christ as our savior, have nothing to fear on judgment day. The judgment has already been poured out on Christ. There's no judgment upon us anymore. Now there is only a reward which Jesus has given to us as his gift. So when Christ comes back in all his glory, it'll be a really great day. It'll be truly amazing. And that's why we can say, come Lord Jesus. So as we're finishing up this this whole series, when we were talking about in Hebrews 11, this is what the ancients are committed for. Faith, being sure of what you hope for and certain of what you do not see. Faith is what the church is built on. We're looking to what we can't see. That is the coming of Jesus at the last day. Now no one knows the hour or day when that's going to happen. could come at any moment. could come tonight. God be praised if it comes tonight, end of all worry, end of all suffering and all pain, the end of death, all those things. So here's last few thoughts here. The the church's posture toward the end is really, I mean, our our posture really is looking, right? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, knowing that he is coming, the posture is readiness, right? Jesus says, you don't know what day or hour that's gonna come, so you always have to be ready. Come tonight, come 10 years from now, 10,000 years from now, we don't know. Always be ready. And the other posture is one of anticipation, right? It's almost like getting on your tiptoes and super excited about Christ's coming. That's why the church says, when Jesus says, behold, I am coming soon, and he says, yes, I am coming soon, the church says what? Amen, come Lord Jesus. Amen, come Lord Jesus. We're ready to arrive at our destination. Now, maybe I've been a little too hard on the journey itself. Sometimes it can be really brutal, but along the way, God actually gives us grace upon grace and he continues to pour out blessing on blessing that we don't deserve. And every great moment, every moment of joy and celebration and love, and all that, all that is a preview, as imperfect as it is, a preview of how amazing it's going to be at the end. So whether it's a struggle in this life or a joy in this life, Faith calls us to avoid two traps. One trap is falling in love with this world. God says, Don't fall in love with this, it'll be even better. The other trap is falling into despair about this world. God says, The struggle and the pain will end you're not Take heart, Jesus says. I have overcome the world. So maybe you know this old gospel song, we're going to finish with this and you could probably sing it with me and we put the words up on the screen. You heard this gospel song? It says, "Turn your eyes upon Jesus. You can sing it with me if you know it. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in His wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen. All right, as the man's coming up, let me just say a word of thanks for those of you who are giving, sacrificing for supporting our church every way that you uh, give give your offerings, uh, give your tithes, every way that you sacrifice to support the ministry here. Thank you so very much. You allow us space to teach and worship and fellowship together, Uh, allow us to have lights on and and a band, and uh, you allow us to have staff uh, and and everything else, you know, removal of snow in the wintertime. All that is part of the the ministry that that you are helping us to provide and uh, reaching this this community with the, the message of salvation in Jesus. So thank you for that. Uh, Let's sing this next song and uh, worship the Lord in gladness. Oh, that glorious day that we long for, O oh Lord, when your trumpet will sound for your coming, the skies with your glory will shine. Lord, with the church through the centuries, with the church yet to come, we shout, come, come Lord Jesus. Lord, save us from the trials and the suffering and and all the pain and death of this world, hatred and violence, everything that so opposes your will and your grand design. Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. God, until that day, until you bring your glory and, and reveal yourself for all eyes to see. We pray that you would sustain those who are especially hurting, those who are victims, victims of violence, those who are pressed down by oppressors and tyrants, those who are threatened by terrorists, those who are caught up in warfare, natural disasters, violence in our cities, crime. God, we pray that you would sustain all those who are suffering in those ways. Those who are sick, those who are battling cancer and other disease. God, we pray for those who are grieving, pray for Tammy Banky's sister who is mourning the passing of her mother-in-law this week and all others who are grieving the death of a loved one God we especially pray for those whose grief is, is new and very raw we pray that you would soothe them, comfort them that peace that they can find in nothing else in this world but in your promise that you'll bring a new heaven and new earth and wipe every tear from our eyes at the final resurrection, at that glorious day. Lord, as we celebrate your special blessings in this life, we pray that you would keep us mindful that each and every gift is a preview of the glorious day to be revealed when you come again. So those who are celebrating anniversaries like Peter and Karen Robson, those being baptized and celebrating birthdays and baptismal birthdays, celebrate with them too. With Colson Carpenter and Emberlyn Bonakowski will be baptized this weekend. For all those who are celebrating new life and new marriages those who are celebrating success in this world and the joy of family being together for the holidays and every other thing Lord help us to have grateful hearts recognizing you are the giver of each and every one of those gifts turn our hearts to you Lord We pray that you would hear us and we trust that you hear us for the sake of Jesus, not because of our own merit, because Jesus has invited us to call you Father, to pray to you with whatever is in our hearts. We come to you in the name of Jesus as he taught us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you peace, amen. There is joy in the house of the Lord today, so let it, let's sing about that joy.
2: Do mm-hmm. the